Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith. Welcome to Financial Flight Academy. I'm John Schutz, along with my co-host, Brent Connolly. Hello. How are you doing today, John? Oh, please. I'm doing fantastic. I'm always doing very well. We have a very exciting show for you today. A small town Kansas girl who took the leap and became a doctor of chiropractic, moved to a city she knew nothing about, and started her practice. She's also a cancer survivor, and I think her story is sure to inspire. So welcome, Vanessa Weisler. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Yes. Good to be here. Well, we'll see if you thank us by the end of this. Yes. Well, I expect we'll lunch at <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> well, welcome to Financial Flight Academy. Our our goal here is to inspire by introducing you to people who inspire us. And uh, Brent, uh, let's let's dig a little deeper into uh, Vanessa Weisler's story here. Absolutely, yes. I mean, I'm really excited to have you here. Uh, obviously, it's the first time that we've met, but I'm yeah. I'm just so excited to hear your story and your background. Um, as John mentioned, the goal of this podcast is to hear stories of inspiration. And so let's just start out right away. You're, you're from a, a small town, looks like, in Kansas. Mm-hmm. I'm from southeast Kansas. The town is Fredonia. Uh, it's an hour and a half away from Wichita. That's usually the one that people will recognize. So I, I know that you're about the second most famous person from Fredonia, Kansas. Vanessa, can you tell me about Benjamin Paulin, please? Uh, I can't tell you much about Benjamin Paulin, honestly. The 23rd governor so of Kansas uh, from Fredonia yes, who made was, uh, cigarette sales legal and taxable. Oh, thank that goodness Benjamin for Benjamin Paulin. Paulin. Yeah. He, there was a um, a building in town named after him. But other than that, I don't I don't know anything. All right. Fair Mr. enough. Paulin. So so what was it like growing up in a, I, I'm from a small town. What was it yeah. like growing up in a small town? Yeah. Um, I have a younger sister and it was a we we had an awesome childhood. My dad at the time when I was younger was a mechanic. Uh, he worked at a a third generation tire shop in town, really? tire shop and gas station. Um, his grandpa started it and then my grandpa took over and then he and his brother took over. So blue collar family. Mm-hmm. My mom at the time worked various um, secretary positions. Uh, but one thing that my parents taught us from a young age was that everything costs money. <laughs> Sure. Yes, and it does. <laughs> when we were younger, we uh the the way we learned that was by putting things that we wanted on layaway at Kmart and uh-huh. and making payments on them. And how far away was the local Kmart? 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a 30 minute drive to make, you know, payments on the the bicycle that you wanted, but it was important to them to show that if you want something it costs money and if you don't have the money at that time, you make payments for it and then you get it. So what a great lesson. Back some way away now. I heard that that's yeah, coming back. It is. It actually is. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So it can be done. Yeah. But... If you want to go to the movies with your friends, that's, you know, maybe three hours 
of babysitting on a Saturday night and then you can, but everything I like costs how you, money. And yeah, I like how you put it in those terms. Let's mm-hmm. see. Do I really want to do this? Because time. that is three hours of my time. Of watching right. someone else's kid. <laughs> so early on, you really knew the value of a dollar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think they did a good job of um, teaching us that if you want something, you, you know, you work for it and you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I always like to ask people, the show's about taking a leap. And mm-hmm. uh, was there ever a moment where somebody said something that, to you or a moment that really had an impact on you that changed your path, you think? You know, I I don't think so. I um, coming, Okay, next coming, question. <laughs> <laughs> a few generations of entrepreneurs. Um, that's always kind of been in yeah. the back of my head. But more than like a moment, like an aha moment, um, I've, I've just seen, I've, I've just been inspired by my dad and his career change and his growth. Um, he started as a mechanic, but when I was like in middle school, he changed careers and started working at the cement plant in town, started at the very bottom. And over the last couple of decades has worked his way up through that company. Um, he did it without a bachelor's degree, which is pretty much required where he's at. And he's a manager now. And, um, just taught me from, from a young age, but continues to every year that he grows, um, that you can really do anything. Sure. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be an important part of your story a little further down the road here, but, uh, I know that you went to Kansas university. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And they were actually good at football when you were there and they are getting good again. Yes. Yes. It's great to see them, uh, back you know, doing well in football because it was so fun when I was there. Yeah. yeah. We had Mangino and <laughs> it was a, it was a great team. Interesting guy. So yeah, now, yeah. now I understand you started out in pharmacy I did, and then you pivoted from there. So tell us I a little did. bit about that and how that, how you were deciding yeah. what you wanted to be when you, when you grow up. Yeah. So, uh, in high school, I worked at our small town pharmacy. Um, our junior year, our English teacher had us write a research paper. It was an eight page paper on any career of our choice. And I think I had found out by pharma about pharmacy, um, by searching like the largest salaries, <laughs> honestly. And so you know, my, 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 six, yeah, yeah. my 16 year old self was like, well, that's a lot of money. How do you, how do you do that? Not a bad place to yeah. start. I like it. So she had us, you know, you need to look at your high school requirements to get into college. You need to look at your college requirements. It's two years of undergrad studies and then four years pharmacy school. And then she had us interview two people who work in that field and just, just to become familiar with it. So from that time forward, I really, um, I planned on being a pharmacist, uh, in Kansas, uh, KU is the only school that offers a pre-pharmacy and a pharmacy program. So I was beautiful campus. I wasn't, Oh yeah. Yeah. I love Lawrence. Um, such a cool, such a cool town. Mm -hmm. But at that time I was planning to study for two years, get into pharmacy school and do that for four more. Um, and just do that at KU the whole time. Yeah. So what, so what took that. you in the direction of uh, well, being a doctor of chiropractic? Am I saying that right? Yeah, doctor. Pretty different. Doctor. Yes. Doctor. Yes. doctor. Yes. Yeah. So um, once I moved to Lawrence, I got a job at CVS pharmacy and um, small town retail is very different than yeah. city, you know, city retail pharmacy. Uh, once I was there, y- you just see a lot more. Um, there's more addiction and more dependence, uh, 
I didn't feel like anymore that I was helping people. And I got to meet a lot more pharmacists in Lawrence and, and it just seemed that no one really had a passion for what they did anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, they may have started that way and I'm not speaking for all pharmacists, just many that I, Mm -hmm. that I worked with and interacted with didn't have that joy that I wanted. They weren't helping people in the way that I wanted to help people. So, you know, you hear about um, prescription drug or drug abuse a lot now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's been around for decades and I, I saw that when I was, you know, a 20 year old. Is that a huge, that sounds like a big eye opener. You can see your your passion when you start Mm -hmm. talking about that, that. Yeah, it was really eye opening. Uh, Like not only are these people, they don't enjoy their jobs and that's the job that I'm looking at having. (laughs) Good indicator of yeah, maybe I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Also there's, um, there's just a lot of folks that that are addicted to prescription drugs. And as a pharmacist, you're kind of in the middle between the doctor and the patient, the doctor's prescribing it and they're okay with it. And the patient is obviously wanting it. Right. And you're the middle person that's required to dispense it, but morally, um, you don't, you don't want to, and you know, there's, it's, it's really a challenging spot. I felt really responsible for a lot of that. And it just wasn't a route. I realized that I wanted to follow through with. Isn't that so interesting because, you know, John and I always talk about how we have this, you know, moral fiduciary op- obligation here to do what yeah. is in our client's best interest mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. And that knows no boundaries, regardless of the field that right. you're in. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so let's transition really quick. So you're in beautiful Lawrence. Mm-hmm. How do we get to Omaha? <laughs> oh my goodness. There, there's a lot of years get to Husker country and, and, ex- here. and experience between those. <laughs> so once I decided that I, that pharmacy wasn't for me anymore, um, I knew what I wanted to do was probably some sort of science, some, probably in the medical field. And I've seen a chiropractor myself since I was five, um, in my small little town, there's one medical doctor and one chiropractor. And he, he saw everyone in town. I didn't know that it was you know, kind of a rarity to see a chiropractor. But when I was five, I was in a bike accident and I couldn't turn my head, you know, I was kind of stuck to the side. Hmm. And my folks were like, well, the medical doctor will probably just tell us to give her Tylenol. Like, I wonder if the chiropractor could help. And he did. Um, And I saw him my whole time there. Saw him through volleyball injuries and, you know, sports stuff and just growing pains. Um, But one thing that I would note about him and about other chiropractors that I had met was that they loved being there. They loved helping people. Um, they loved helping your body be a more comfortable body with nothing else, you know, just by motion. And so I shadowed him, um, more of an intention to learn more about the job versus just go in for a a patient experience. And I applied to chiropractic college in Overland park. Cleveland Chiropractic Uh College, right? Good Mm -hmm. old CCC, home of the fighting antelope. I don't know. (laughs) It starts with a C. I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) They don't have a team. I'm guessing. Connectors or, yeah, I don't know. So that was was after four years at KU. That was a four-year program. Okay. And I was probably about four months out from graduating and in a position where I could move wherever I wanted. I was single. I didn't have any reason to stay in Kansas city. There's a chiropractor on every corner there. (laughs) And I, I mean, you couldn't drag me back to my hometown to (laughs) practice there. (laughs) Absolutely not. So, um, 
at the time, my sister and my dad lived in Kansas city and I'm very, very close with them. And I knew I didn't want to be far from there. I wanted that to be kind of my pivot point. And I had made a lot of friends from Nebraska. So I, um, once I started considering Nebraska, I learned that the chiropractic utilization in this state is one of the highest in the country at at 8%. Eight, eight. That's really not very eight, high, eight. is no, it? No, it's not. Wow. No. And I, I will speak. Uh, until I met Vanessa, I had never been to a chiropractor before. She started yeah. talking about a lot of the benefits, and I'm like, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, eight hmm. percent of the yeah. state of Nebraska at that time, almost ten years ago. I don't know uh, what's changed there, but they eight percent of the state saw chiropractors. So, which was on the higher end. So if you think like, there's, wow. you know, oversaturation in Omaha, there absolutely isn't. Yeah. But do you look at that? As, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Do you look at that as an opportunity? Sure. 8%. I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Obviously you do. Yeah. 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 And then when you look at, you know, Midwest and cost of living and um, insurance reimbursement rates, uh, Nebraska is just a really positive place for any medical provider to be as far as those things go. Well, so that's, that was something I was curious about because when you deal with doctors, a lot of times doctors want to focus on their patients, which they should, Mm -hmm. but how much of your training is really in business because you are running a business. Yeah. It's shocking. Um, (laughs) I was thinking of this the other day we did in four years of chiropractic school, we had one course on business. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> One course. And the teacher was not a chiropractor. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> isn't that? So it's turn on the lights. Something. And yeah. beyond that, I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your bills get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Buy he, QuickBooks. He, I learned that he was, he's like a business investor who uh, kind of rescues, you know, struggling businesses and comes in and hmm. supports them, but also offers consulting and things like that. So he was, he was our business teacher. I don't remember a thing from that class. <laughs> I don't. Speaking but of consulting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no doubt. So, and this is what, uh, if we may interject here, yeah. a little, uh, selfishness here, uh, you know, a lot of business owners in general, uh, could stand to benefit from working with a financial advisor, but they just don't have the ability early on. So that's where right. we can actually help folks, Brent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that they may not have the ability as far as, you know, investing money right away, but my goodness, they, they can benefit from, from the overall comprehensive planning that, you know, someone like us at SOAR here do. Right. So mm-hmm. we offer people that ability to pay us strictly for financial planning. Uh, we can do that to whatever extent you believe is necessary, but that might be of interest to somebody, you know, out there or um, yourself, I guess. Just visit our website, soarwealthstrategies.com. Right at the top of the page, you can schedule a call with us and see if we would be a good fit for you. But back to you, Vanessa. This is what I find fascinating about your story. When you get to Omaha, how did you introduce yourself to people? Because, you know, I think you picked a spot out. And then how did you uh, introduce yourself to people? Well, when I when I first moved here, Omaha was really interesting. Um there are a lot of people from Omaha who move away for a brief time and they come back mm-hmm. or there are people from Omaha who never left. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Just moving away after <laughs> yeah. college and then, then moving back. It's a huge, it's home. It speaks a lot for the city, you right. know, Yeah. but not being from here, um, it was kind of a challenge to meet people because I'd go to these, you know, chamber events or whatever, trying to meet people. And the first question always, where'd you go to high school? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not, I'm from Kansas. 
oh okay bye uh, it was just it was just very that's a sad story it, was, it wasn't I mean it wasn't sad but it was definitely a barrier to meeting people because it, the city can be really clicky you know a lot of people who know a lot of people I right? always say it's a it's a big little town it is and yeah. you're 100 correct where'd you go to high school where, mm-hmm. well do you know so and so and I'll be darned if you know, there's this rule of the five or whatever. Where yes. Somebody knows somebody that you know. Yeah, so definitely. I see, so you had a little bit of a challenge breaking into some I did. of those, sure. those circles. Okay. Yeah, I I slowly started to um, meet other chiropractors who had other extensions of their network for me to meet. And uh, something, you know, I moved here and I didn't have a job yet. And I was still trying to, at the time, I thought I was going to open closer to papillion. So something that I would do to spend my time was, um, just volunteer. I would get on volunteer.org and I would find different things to volunteer. It was not to recruit patients. I didn't have an office. It was not to recruit patients, but it was a, a way to meet a lot of people and to, you know, be productive and, and give back to the community that I was new at. So, um, the volunteer aspect that I did meet a lot of people through there. And then meet a lot of people through them as far as, you know, I need to open an office. Do you know a commercial banker? Do you know this person? Do you know an insurance person? Do you know someone who can find my spot? So, uh, John, you were very early on of the people that I had met. Yeah. And yes, that was through BNI through a networking group that I was introduced to through Brad Myler another chiropractor Chiropractor here in town. Mm -hmm. And, um, I met John and he's like, have you looked at this spot? Mm -hmm. It's been vacant since I've ever seen it. And it had been vacant the entire time. No one has ever been in the office that I am in. And it was perfect. I mean, it was all right. We're done here. I got the credit. It was meant to be (laughs) good night, everybody. Where's your your location at? I am just across the street here. Um, 168th and Cornhusker. Uh, next to Waterfall Lounge. Okay. My office is called Elite Family Chiropractic. Oh, yes. I but... apologize. I should have said that right at the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once I picked that spot, I was able to meet more people in this area. Right. Um, you knocked on and, doors. And the, right? and the way I did that was was knocking on neighborhood doors. Yeah. Look at you. you. Yeah. You went out and knocked on It doors. was so uncomfortable. <laughs> so right. I, I want to hear that spiel. All right. Give me that. Yeah. Give me that. I don't even, I've like, PTSD blocked it out. It was so, uh, it was a way to meet people in the neighborhood that I was going to be serving and, and it, you know, served his purpose. Well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. And it wasn't, but what a great way to meet people. Yeah. Right. So Brent and I, Brent and I did the same thing Yeah. and I, a little real quick, funny story for you about my experience. Maybe you share one similar. Uh, I was out one day, kind of a hot day between houses, my head down, just kind of walking along. And this van full of people stops to to ask me a question. They roll down the window. They say, oh, we thought you were one of us. I said, well, who are you? Well, they're with a church that does this door-to-door stuff. And I said, oh, well, I'm a financial advisor. And they quick rolled up the windows and drove away. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes. I'm, so, I'm, I'm thankful they didn't grab him and stuff him in the yes. van and drive off with him. But... I thought you were one of us, a kidnapper. <laughs> well, we're going to learn a little bit more about Vanessa's practice and uh, a lot more inspiration from Vanessa. But first this. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the podcast Financial Flight Academy, and we are so happy you're here. 
If you have any questions, please head over to SoarWealthStrategies.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We would love to hear from you. All right. We are back with Dr. Vanessa Wiesler from Elite Family Chiropractic. Doctor, uh, tell us a little bit about your practice and what your focus is for your clients. Sure. Um, I have a special interest and in postgraduate training to see pregnant women and children. So love seeing that population. We are just next to Tiburon Golf Course. So we also see lots of athletes and golf injuries. And I love seeing families. So that's what brings me the most joy. Yeah. So uh, you can't improve my golf swing is what I hear. Nope. Okay. Unfortunately fine. not. Well, no one can. So, you would so need far... a lot of time with him. <laughs> <laughs> so your, uh, Vanessa, if we can just rewind a little bit here, uh, your business life your personal life going very well a few years ago, and then you were diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how did you deal with that? Well, it, you know, because business... let me just say this, you are possibly one of the most positive people I know in my life. So Thanks. that was, a, that, I know that was a, obviously a huge challenge for anyone. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, you said business and personal life were going really well. Um, and it, it was from the outside for sure. And I was very successful by other people's definition of success. Right. Uh, but I was struggling. I was having a really hard time. I was really close to burnout. Uh, I, I had been seeing people at six o'clock in the morning and seven 30 at night. Uh, my hours were nine to six, but I was there at a minimum seven to seven every single day. And, you know, when you own a business, you're not, you're either working in the business or on the business, right? Uh, you're there mentally when you're not there physically. So <laughs> yes, we know that, about yeah, that, that work-life balance for me did not exist at that time. I was, um, I was so tired and I was just practicing at a level that I couldn't sustain. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I, I really started to, um, try to focus on the hours that I was working and the new people that I was seeing and trying, trying to be mindful and give myself some, some space there. But when I had talked to colleagues about, you know, I'm having a hard time with, with balancing all of this and I'm tired. Uh, I didn't get a lot of advice hmm. as far as, um, there was, there's just not a lot of useful advice. It was like, you know, well, you, I see double the amount of people you do and I'm not tired. Um, so it was just, you know, wow. it was, That's helpful. It was, yeah, it Thanks was like, I don't know where the challenge is. Yeah. And I was, I was, I just had such a hard time. So, um, yeah, I, in 2019, I was diagnosed with cancer and, um, something that that took me through was being forced to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to, I got chemo on Wednesdays, so I had to close my office on Wednesdays entirely. And, uh, I couldn't take new visits. I, uh, during chemo really struggled with brain fog and memory issues, which is very common mm -hmm. and didn't feel comfortable taking new patients, um, or doing exams at that time. So I had other chiropractors that I referred to. Um, but yeah, it was a, a huge lesson in time and, you know, working in a way that works for your body. And that looks different for everyone. Sure. 
It, it's interesting you say that because as John and I visit with clients and we go through their goals and I always remind them, none of this money here means anything if you don't have your health. Right. Yeah. And, and I want you to be around to enjoy this. Yeah. And as especially business owners, you're always working on your business, wherever you're at mentally, mm-hmm. physically, Yeah. and you're in the health and wellness field mm-hmm. and, and you had to take a, a look internally and say, yes. you know, I got to take care of myself because if you're not around for your patient, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And we feel the same way. We have to remind ourselves of that. Right. But uh, obviously, you know, my Donna, my wife has gone through cancer Mm -hmm. and it's a, there's, it's a very trying time. Nothing can prepare for you, prepare you for chemo and absolutely not. No, those things. Yeah. It uh, was uh, a huge lesson in, um, for me, it was very humbling, but, uh, a way to accept help, um, mm-hmm. in, in ways <laughs> right? that I had never been comfortable with before. And sure. still, you know, sure. it's not a comfortable thing, but I had people really step up in my life that I, I didn't expect. I had, you know, I was in a recliner doing chemo for eight hours on Wednesdays. <laughs> right. And I had a friend volunteer to walk my dog. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who paid for a house cleaner. When I got home from chemo, my house was clean yeah. and I had friends make me meals. And so accepting help was a huge lesson in that as well. And, you know, part of that was accepting financial help. Um, at the end of chemo, at the end of treatment, I did that for six months. I sold my house to use some of that equity to pay medical bills. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend at the time sold his house too. We moved in together. And up until that point, it was so important to me to split our expenses 50, 50, um, straight. If we're at a restaurant, we're paying separate. If we're going to the same concert, we're buying separate tickets. Sure. We're going to Uber home. You what pay for it. What a great date. She- yeah. <laughs> yeah no doubt. You pay for it and I'll Venmo you right away. It was so important for we me will to be going that separate. Yeah. yeah. So I saw a lot of value in be- just being able to take care of myself. And at the time I was 30 and I had done that, you know, up until that point. So, um, once we moved in together, we did that for as long as we could. And then it got to a point where I couldn't keep up with things like I could before. And, you know, without hesitation, he has stepped in in a thousand ways more than this, but without hesitation, he started taking care of finances. Um, it wasn't comfortable at that time and still is not super comfortable (laughs) to be taken care of in that way. But, um, you know, accepting help financially was a huge piece of, going through that experience too. And you're married now. We are married. And yes, Leo, we have Leo. Yeah. Yes. Leo will be two in April. Yeah. Yeah. And then another baby in June. This is the cutest little kid other than my grandson. Uh, Whoa. Back up the wagon. Wait Wait a minute. minute. What was that? Yeah. Baby number two in June. Congratulations. Announcing here on Financial Flight Academy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a long way from that place. Yes. uh, That was uh, very dark for you. Yeah, absolutely. So happy for you. Thank you. Um, So you're doing great now. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, And we talk a lot about finances and managing risk. when you were going through cancer, you almost had a very bad yes. experience relating to insurance. Yes. 
if you care to so share. That, yeah, I do this. Um, cause it, it is, it was a lesson that I had to learn this way and, and maybe some people can learn it through my experience versus having to go through something like that right. personally, Excellent. It was just terrible. So it, it does require some context. Um, before I was diagnosed just a couple months before mm-hmm. I had a really robust health insurance plan. It was very expensive. Um, for a self-employed 30 year old, healthy person, Mm -hmm. it was an expense, you know, at that time I was, I was struggling with burnout and I knew I wanted to slow down in the office. So I looked at expenses where, where can I trim the fat? And that, it was just so expensive of, you know, I don't, I don't use any prescriptions. I don't see any providers for maintenance for any conditions, so I had this swollen lymph node and I went to my primary care physician and I said, this has been there. I'm going to change my insurance plan to, you know, the bare bones. Let's just get this checked out before I cancel my insurance. Mm-hmm. Cause I, like I said, I had a great plan and we did an ultrasound on my neck and it just came back as a reactive lymph node. No concerns. Those things swell up with seasonal allergies or mm-hmm. you had a cold a month ago or whatever. So I switched plans to, um, a health share faith-based plan, not even technically insurance, but a a plan there. It, I think it was going to save me $600 a month. Wow. Um, cause self-employed insurance is just, yes, it's it's very expensive. Even when it's familiar with it. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. So, um, right after that, I switched my plan. I was so excited when that first premium came that it was so much less than my, my regular. And this lymph node over the course of another couple of weeks continued to swell up. I went back to my primary, he ordered some imaging. Um, I had that lymph node surgically removed to diagnose. Mm -hmm. And then I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, going, when I met with my oncologist, my health share plan had requested all of my medical records, which is normal, no concern there. But when they found out that I saw a provider for a swollen lymph node, you know, a few days before I joined their plan, mm-hmm. they decided that that was a pre-existing condition that I had before I got their plan and therefore was denied for that condition and all future care. So, um, at that time, that I got that denial letter, I had already had that lymph node removed, which was a $70,000 surgery. Mm, wow. And I hadn't started chemo at all. Um, I got that letter that my, my care was not going to be covered and went through three different appeals processes with that company. Um, had to write my own letters. I had to get doctor's letters. And uh, I mean, it's weeks between getting a response from an, an appeal mm-hmm. and that appeal failed. And then you do it again and again. Mm -hmm. So at that time I had been going through chemo. I had several chemo visits, you know, lots of labs, lots. I had a PET scan. Um, I had a bone marrow biopsy. I had a port placed. I had all of these procedures and in my head, none of this is covered by my insurance. And how can you start a healing process with that? Last thing you need to be worrying about. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, and, and thankfully after the third, it was approved, uh, all but my $10,000 deductible, mm-hmm. which I, you know, at that point, uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'll I'm, pay that. I'm good with that. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But a huge lesson, um, for me and 
you know, when I'm talking to colleagues or friends, you need health insurance. Yeah. You need, um, you need savings, right? You need disability insurance. I didn't have disability insurance at that time. Um, and now I'm disqualified from it for the next five years. So you need these things. You're self-employed and no one, (laughs) no one can take care of your business if you can't. Correct. So yeah, a huge, uh, just a huge learning opportunity for other people that, that I learned. I, I remember, I remember asking you because you had talked to me about whether you should drop your health insurance. And I of course said no. And remember you telling me you had cancer and I thought, Oh, please, please tell me you didn't drop it. Yeah. So fortunately it has all worked out Yes. for the yeah. better. Well, okay. Quick, Vanessa, Vanessa, how do people get in touch with you at Elite Family Chiropractic? The best way to get in touch with the office is to text. Uh, we text for rescheduling and scheduling new visits. And uh, our number is 402-884-7799. Thank you. Very good. Well, thank you very much uh, to Dr. Vanessa Weisler for sharing your story. What an inspiration. I'm like so fired up that you went through all these trials and tribulations and we're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Um, once you get done texting her office, please look soar up at www.soarwealthstrategies.com. You can also get a hold of us at 531-867-3400. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast, share it with someone you care about, follow us on all the social media sites, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We got them all. We got, we them, got all. them all. Vanessa, again, thank you. Uh, probably uh, one of the most impressive people I know. No kidding. Uh, so thank you for being here. Thank you. Guys. And we will be back with another episode in two weeks. Until then, thanks for listening to Financial Flight Academy. Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at soarwealthstrategies.com or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.